back. Welcome back. Episode 30 of Icebreaker. Happy holidays, AJ. Hey, we uh, made it. I I came prepared. If you're listening, I've got the fanciest and fluffiest Santa hat on. Looking Uh, like a a good Santa. We're ready for the holidays. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get going, I just want to say that episode 30 is presented by Ice Gear and you can find them online through the Winnipeg Ice website and uh, they got a newly added icebreaker collection of shirts, hoodies, and then also um, check them out for sales and deals prior to the holiday season uh, on their social media um, as well as as online. So keep an eye out for that. Lots of lots of good stuff. They told me you were doing an autograph signing for people <laughs> by icebreakers t-shirts. <laughs> I heard that you were McNally Robinson. I think yeah. is what we're doing. Like the it. book yeah. fair. <laughs> I want to talk about something, and I probably wouldn't have seen it if I wasn't on Twitter this weekend. I, it was college ball. Ball State against Western Michigan. You didn't see the end of this game, Mac? I did not. You know how college games are. Usually some team needs to score right at the end, so they've got a crazy gadget play in the bag, right? Yeah. Western Michigan needs to score to win, and there's just seconds left on the clock. There were 13 laterals. 13 backwards laterals. Are you ready for this? Yeah. And then Western Michigan fumbled the ball. And Ball State ran onto the field. The whole team emptied out onto the field with a live fumble. Oh, my God. And Western Michigan scooped it up and ran it in for the touchdown and won the game with the entire Ball State team on the field. (laughs) (laughs) It might have been the craziest sports play of the year. Only in college football. That's right. And that's what I mean is they just kept throwing it backwards lateral and they would chase them down and they'd throw it backwards. They fumbled the ball. It was goofy. Uh, it worked. If you're a young football player, never run on the field until they blow up the last whistle. Yeah, no kidding. And one more thing about college football I just wanted to say. Uh, I know it started a couple of weeks ago, but Sarah Fuller on uh, college football became the first female uh, college football athlete to score a point, which is pretty cool uh, when you really think about it. It's uh, it's pretty neat to see that, and uh, she went in there and, and kicked an extra point, so props to her. Yeah, I want to see this continue. It's a trend now in the NFL with a lot of coaches and referees, and now we've got uh, players in college as well, just women breaking down that barrier in football. Yeah, it's pretty neat, and then obviously we, we alluded to the holidays uh, coming up, and this will be our last show in the new year. We're going to take a little bit of a hiatus for the holidays, um, and then we'll we'll pick back up in the new year. Yeah, I'm getting fat. That's what I'm doing. I'm just holiday eating. I don't want it to be on any video evidence of it. So, Yeah, by the time we're back, we'll be on the treadmill for at least two days before so we, we can look good. But nothing happens to our voices, so that's okay. That's right. Um, and then also with the holidays coming up, the World Juniors and Team Canada just announced their roster. Hey, Peyton Krebs made the, uh, the roster, former ice captain. That's right. Ice captain Peyton Krebs. Uh, I think nine, nine Western Hockey League players on the team. And what they're saying is probably one of the best team Canada's since the lockout year, I think in 04, 05. If you're an ice fan, I think we just have to mention it too. Uh, yeah, he may not be on our home team, but Tapley made this squad too, did he not? That's right. Tapley's yeah. back for uh, the Czech Republic. Yeah. And he was a good player for them last year in the tournament. So it'll be cool to watch keep up with you know a couple connections there to Winnipeg I think this year is so much different too and just because of the year we've all experienced it feels 
I don't remember the last World Juniors Tournament. <laughs> it feels like it was five years ago. Agreed. So I think the excitement and the buildup, and usually it starts on Boxing Day. This one's right on Christmas Day, isn't it? I believe you're right. And just to get this out of the way, because I believe by the time we're back, this will be all uh, settled up. And for the Manitoba Building Trades hot take, and you know what? Maybe it's not much of a hot take, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go ahead and say that Team Canada is going to come home or stay at home, I guess, because it's in Canada with, yeah. a, uh, with a gold medal. And uh, that's the Manitoba Building Trades hot take. It's not just any project. It's the opportunity of a lifetime. It's about building something great for Manitoba. That's why you turn to the talent and craftsmanship of Manitoba's expert tradespeople. Manitoba Building Trades is Manitoba's unionized construction industry. Productive labor is our business. With over 10,000 skilled trades professionals, we build what others can only imagine. Visit mbtrades.ca and come build with us. Safe to say, it's probably a, a pretty good take. We've been hammering a lot of lukewarm takes here. I think I picked Pat Mahomes as the uh, MVP of the NFL last yeah. week. And, uh, picking Canada and the World Juniors is never a real out there blockbuster bold prediction, is it? It's you know what we're just trying to get on the right track here. It, that's we're right. just trying to get on the right track, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And then uh, continuing with hockey, the NHL is forging forward with their plans to start playing in the new year. And the NBA starting, like we mentioned last year, but I remember we were doing this, like, what, three or four months ago, talking about all the leagues starting back up. And <laughs> it kind of feels good because that's about when we fired this podcast up, which was when we really started to, to get this segment going. So. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of a uh, – it's, it's kind of huge. I mean, to be able to watch the, the sports again, right now we just have Sundays, right? I guess it's – not really. The NFL has been on every day. <laughs> <laughs> the NFL starting next week, by the way, is on what? Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. If a COVID team shows up, there could be a Tuesday game. Maybe there will be a game on a Wednesday. Who knows? You know what? Well, we haven't had Friday night football yet. You're right. and Because that's we, CFL trademarked. We can laugh about it, about the NFL. I think last week there was like Tuesday, Wednesday, um, whatever. But they've done a good job and no games have been canceled. Yeah, um, I was really upset after that Baltimore game, which they had moved and they had moved and they ended up playing on the Tuesday. And then um, Des Bryant, they told them in the warmups, yeah, tested positive, you got to go. I don't know if you've ever, if you watched the Fox analysts beforehand and Jay Glazer was explaining how Des Bryant's out, but the rest of the team who had close contact with him is in and the, <laughs> the analysts couldn't believe it. Yeah. Wait, what? Nobody else is out? So it's been iffy at times. I believe Bryant has tested uh, negative since then too. But um, we're still playing football, aren't we? The analysts couldn't believe it, and the whole Denver Broncos team couldn't believe it either. <laughs> San Francisco, they're getting a pretty bad rap with the COVID too this yeah, year. So. They sure are. And uh, Anyways, that's over the holiday break. Something to look forward to. The NFL will keep forging on. If you guys listening are in your fantasy football playoffs, Good luck. Wish you the best of luck. Today, I think, was, was the uh, first round matchup. So hopefully yeah. you got the W there. But we were talking before the show here about the holiday season. And as a kid, it's just so special. The, the Christmas, the holiday season, something that, that you look forward to all the time. So we we're going to talk about our top three favorite, I guess, traditions or things that you did that you looked forward to the most around the holiday season. Sure. 
Uh, my number one would be, I don't think this still happens. It probably does in some iteration, but back when I was a child in Winnipeg, they used to host it at the convention center. It was called the Festival of Trees. Okay. And so what it was, was you know what, and hanging back to it as a kid, I must have been hella bored out. But I remember this just being such a well-lit room. It was just dozens and dozens of rows of trees with beautiful lights on them. Now you can go out and you do your Christmas light tours, but I used to go to one spot and just see all these magnificently lit trees. And that was a great tradition. The Festival of Trees, I believe it was called. Uh, yeah, I didn't get a chance to do that. Maybe I'm a few. Uh... Might, might be younger than me. Yeah, a few, just a few. But <laughs> the one that comes to mind immediately that I looked forward to was on Christmas Eve, I could never sleep. So I just stayed up all night watching like Home Alone, Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2, or whatever Christmas movie I could find. I was just laying there waiting and waiting. And then, you know, like there's that certain time where you end up do falling asleep for like an hour or two. And then that's when Santa came, obviously, every time. Sneaky. I missed them. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny that uh, yeah, that was your Christmas Eve tradition. Yeah. Uh, ours, and this will be the first year of my life that we're actually not following through with this tradition. My whole family gets together on Christmas Eve on my dad's side, and we Christmas carol. Ooh. Not like door to door, but we all get together, and every year we have the same printed lyrics, and everybody gets their own lyric book, and we all sit around, and everybody carols, and so I'm a little bummed that it's not happening this year, but thinking back, that was a big-time tradition for uh, us when we were a kid. You would definitely not want me as part of that choir. You know what? It it wasn't about how good you sang. It was about how loud you sang. Yeah, that's true. Nobody sang really good in the the family, right? (laughs) So you just built it out as as to the best of your ability. I think my my next one would be every, every year after we'd open presents in the morning, my brothers and I would go and we would go skating for a couple hours in that like downtime. And we would always go, whether it was an outdoor rink or somewhere else, we would go and we would play some shinny for a few hours. And that was, that was always something that we looked forward to and got a little bit competitive uh, some <laughs> years, but uh, it, it was pretty fun. It's nothing like, you know, the big family day. You have to have a little bit of conflict. You have to. It's good that you got that on the rink. You have to. Uh, this, I hope, is not just a tradition that my family uh, did or still does. Um, do you have the Christmas crackers on your plate before you have dinner? No. You see them? They're like little tubes, and they have little bows on the end. So you take it up, and you pull it apart, and it's got this little thing in it that makes noise, and it goes pop. And you get the cheapest, most basic like prize that falls out of your uh, Christmas cracker. And uh, like I said, one year I got a shoehorn. <laughs> there weren't good presents. They always came with really bad jokes, and you would read them around the table. I know they still sell them, and I hope uh, the Christmas cracker is a pretty good tradition. That makes my top three. I like that one. I think my last one, uh, in the spirit of giving and uh, doing gifts, is whether it was in school or with the family or with uh, a hockey team that I was playing on, we always did a Secret Santa or a, or a gift exchange, some type of little game like that, where the limit was like, you know, for school, whatever would be like $10 or whatever, but just having uh, that kind of little fun, a game, trying to guess, or you get to steal someone's, just uh, obviously, you know, the competitive spirit comes out in those as well. Whether you, whoever you did that rule where you could steal though, that was... Oh yeah, the stealing was the best. 
<laughs> one year I had somebody steal from me, you know, the clapper? Yeah. And your lights turn on and off. <laughs> I had the clapper. It, it got stolen from me. You know what I ended up getting in the end? No. Uh, landline telephone. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, that's pretty funny. I love that. I'm just looking. Uh, obviously, Christmas is going to be different this year for, for everybody, especially here in Manitoba. But, yeah. you know, whether who, whoever you live with, with your inside your immediate household, I'm sure that you'll find some new, new things that you'll do this year that when next year rolls around, you're going to be like, Oh, we should do that again. Yeah. You just said it, man. As soon as uh, you start to get bummed out about missing a tradition, see if there's a way that you can start a new one. I like that. Absolutely. And I think with our guest this week, Brendan O'Donnell, he's a, a Winnipeg hockey player playing over in Europe right now. And we talk about his career and growing up in, in Winnipeg and what other sports he played and, and that type of thing and how he's made it to, uh, the professional ranks and he's, he's a new dad now. Um, but we talked about at the end of the show, what his favorite Christmas tra traditions were when he was a kid. So that was, that was pretty funny and definitely a, a good episode to, uh, to end the, uh, 2020 on. Yeah. We're looking forward to this. We're going to kick it off right now. Merry Christmas, happy holidays and have a, a happy rest of your 2020. That's weird Absolutely. to say, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Your next year. All right, joined by Brendan O'Donnell, close close friend, all the way from Slovakia. Thanks for joining the show. Hey, Mac, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. What have you been up to? <laughs> Not much. I mean, uh, you know, got the one-year-old baby now, so uh, pretty much spend my time chasing her around, go to practice, then come home and uh, chase her all around the place. So it's been, uh, it's been an adjustment, but it's definitely fun. And, uh, you know, we're enjoying it, making the most of the whole COVID lockdown and all that stuff, so. Yeah, it's a little different. It never stops. Well, growing up, you play uh, you played hockey, obviously, but you play any other sports other than hockey? Yeah, I try to do do as much as I can. You know, I like the I like baseball, baseball and hockey were probably my two favorites. But um, you know, played basketball, a little bit of football. Uh, but yeah, pretty much baseball, baseball and hockey up until I was fourteen. So, and you're a pretty good baseball player. I understand it. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, good for Manitoba. I think, uh, at the age group, I was okay. And then we went, uh, when we go to nationals and stuff and play BC and Ontario, that's when you kind of see, see how good some of these baseball players were. So it was, uh, pretty humbling, but you know, uh, still like baseball, still like to watch it. So what, uh, or how old were you, I guess, when you decided that you were going to shift it to maybe a hundred percent hockey, um, instead of doing all the other sports? Uh, I think I was 14. I think that's kind of when, uh, when you started working out and training for hockey and doing a little bit of that stuff. And then, uh, with baseball, it just became, uh, a little much and hockey was my passion. So, um, you know, as much as I didn't want to give up baseball, uh, I thought it was time, you know, it wasn't really going anywhere with it. So, uh, you know, I enjoyed playing hockey and I was ready to, you know, just focus on that. And it worked out, played four years at the University of North Dakota. What was, I guess, what was that like being in, a, in an atmosphere like that, but still only two hours away from, from home? Yeah, it was great. Like, I think we went, I think when I was 10 years old, uh, playing for the Fort Gary Flyers, uh, I think we went down to Grand Forks and saw, saw the first game. Um, you know, it was first, first taste of uh, what UND was all about. And, 
since then it was a it was a dream of mine to play there and uh when i got the opportunity um you know it was an easy decision they're recruiting me and i uh saying you know why they want me meanwhile i felt like i was the one they should be trying to sell myself um, <laughs> you know a program like that i was uh it was an easy decision to go there and uh being two hours from home um you, you hear a lot about them and at the time i think jonathan taves was playing there so there's a lot of a lot of coverage on him and the the team got um got a lot of press from manitoba and um for me it was a goal of mine to go there and being two hours from home was just a bonus uh, you know, it was easy for my parents to come watch every weekend. and You know, easy for me to go home and see my time off. So, um, you know, I, I, I would have wanted to go there either way, but the fact that it was two hours from home, you know, it was definitely a nice uh, – was was nice. I think I, I saw this this crazy stat back when you were playing there, that the team was undefeated when you scored a goal. Is that true? Yeah, it was something like um, – yeah, I don't even know what I, I don't know what it was at. I know that was a stat, but to me, all that means is I should have scored more. So, <laughs> no, I remember seeing that. That's funny. And then after that, you played two seasons in Florida, after your college career. And what was it like playing hockey down in a, I guess, a tropical climate? Yeah, it was great. It was different. You know, I, my whole life, I'd either play in Winnipeg or Grand Forks. I played one year in in Penticton. But other than that, it was all uh, all about the cold winters. And, uh, um, you know, all of a sudden you go to Florida for the first time and you're going to the rink in shorts. And, uh, you know, after practice, you head out to the golf course, you go to the beach. So, you know, it, was, uh, it took a little adjusting too, you know, because it didn't really feel like hockey time, right. hockey season. But, um, you know, once you got used to it, it's tough to be. Like I miss those uh, – I miss the, the lifestyle there and the, the schedule. It was good uh, – you know, they got a really good setup there. And like I said, you know, I, my golf game, probably got to play three, four times a week. And uh, if not, go ahead to the beach and hang out. So, yeah, it's tough to beat. Yeah, can only imagine that. That sounds unbelievable. And then in 2016, you're called up to the AHL for, for some games. And how did you find out about that? And what was that experience like? Um, You know, it was obviously playing. I didn't want to. You know, I obviously always wanted to play, uh, get called up to the American League, and then I, I got my chance. And, um, you know, it's funny, I was having a good offensive season in uh, in Florida, and then, but, uh, you know, went to the American League and played on the fourth line. I think my first game I played like two and a half minutes. So it was, uh, um, you know, it was, it was a good experience. It's where I wanted to be, but at the same time, you know, I didn't want to go there and play two minutes so um right you know got sent back down I think it was it was for the best but um you know growing up in Winnipeg you know I think the Jets left in, in what 96 so we we're four years old so you know growing up it was always the Moose and right know, in the IHL but then they moved to the American League and you know we obviously went to went to a lot of games and spent a lot of time at the rink there so I think my first game I played against the Chicago Wolves which was always a big rivalry of the Moose. So to me, that was that was pretty pretty exciting, pretty special. I was, uh, you know, when I I text your brother Jake when I was playing and just said it was, you know, playing Chicago and, uh, you know, it was kind of a, a a lifelong dream to to play play against them. Yeah, it's funny that you say that too because when I have other people on the show that are Winnipeg based or play in the American League, it's it's funny I always say that, that because we didn't have the Jets when we were growing up, the AHL and the Moose was like 
our NHL. And uh, yeah. we looked up to those guys big time. Yeah. Like everyone, everyone always asks, like when in Europe here, like you're from Winnipeg, you must be a huge Jets fan. And obviously I am a Jets fan. You know, I like to see them do well, but you know, we didn't grow up with the Jets. So for me, I was always a, a Moose fan. You know, I always went to the Moose games. I want to see the Moose do well. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely say I was more of a Moose fan than I am a Jets fan. I, I would tend to agree with that. And then the last four years you've been playing in, in Europe, including last season with Cladno, and I believe that's Yager's team, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like playing with, with an NHL, I guess, legend, right? He's like, what, 45, and he's still going? No, he turned 48 last season. 48. Uh, <laughs> he was 48, and yeah. Yeah, but honestly, like – like he says it himself, he's like, you see a lot of guys, former, former athletes that are, you know, in their fifties and, you know, they've had knee surgeries, hip surgeries and all that. And he's still, he's still playing hockey and uh, you know, he, he's still real good. Like obviously his speed's not where it used to. And, you know, obviously he's lost a bit. Uh, but like the, once he gets in the offensive zone and he protects the puck and then he still, you still see the flashes of the, the Yager in his prime. And it's just like, Hey, I've seen that on, on YouTube videos a bunch. So it was cool, cool getting to play with him. And, you know, you think, you know, a legend or whatever, but you know, you don't really know a legend until you're in the room with one and right. wherever we would go with him, like everyone, it was always like, stop and stop and look at him. And then you kind of realize like, okay, this guy's, this guy's a big deal. And he's, you know, it is pretty cool. And definitely an experience getting to play with him. And there's all these stories or videos of just like crazy things that he does whether it's like be in the gym at 3 30 in the morning or a warm-up routine did you see any of that stuff firsthand that you can tell us about yeah how much time do you got <laughs> <laughs> so we would always have to be at the rink at like 9 30 or i don't know i think nine o'clock 9 15 maybe and so i think we'd be on the ice at 10 15 and sometimes yogs would roll in at like 9 40 or whatever and you know it's kind of thinking like geez but he was at, he was literally just at the rink five hours ago. Cause yeah, he had a weird schedule. Like he'd be one in the morning, two in the morning, he'd go skate and then uh, go to sleep for a bit. And then he'd come back and he'd have, have the ankle weights on and be out there. And I don't know, there's just so much, so much stuff he does like before games when the Zamboni's he's like cutting the ice, he's out there with a weight vest and ankle weights on and stick handling like a, these tires that I've never seen before, but then all of a sudden you see all the minor hockey kids out there and they've got the tires because Yager does it. So, right. um, you know, he's definitely got a huge influence on the game there. And, um, you know, I think if, if Wayne Gretzky was there, people would be like, Oh, that's Wayne Gretzky. But if Yogs walked by, they, they want a picture with Yogs probably more than Gretzky. So. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty neat. And then this year, uh, obviously very unique, uh, 2020 as we all know um, but firsthand I guess what's it like playing in front of an empty building it's weird like we got a we got a real nice rink here it seats 10,000 and um, you know going out there and it's just no atmosphere like it's it's I don't know the best way to describe it it's but I, I feel like I'm you know 14 playing in front of uh, no one just dreaming of being able to play in front of uh at the Highlander? Yeah, at the Highlander or St. Adolph, just trying to – picturing one day playing inside a big rink with uh, a lot of people, and that's, you know, 
the past, I don't know, since college, that's kind of what it's been, playing in front of sold, in front of sold out stadiums, and then now all of a sudden there's no one there. And it's it's weird because, you know, you kind of got to create your own your own atmosphere and energy. And, uh, you know, you're watching watching video after the game and all you can hear is, you know, the guys talking on the bench and stuff. There's no crowd, no noise, no nothing. So it's, yeah, not much home ice advantage. Yeah. Has that been the biggest, I guess, adjustment of this year compared to most? Yeah, I would say so. And like right at the beginning of the year, like Slovakia was one of the only leagues that was going to start. And I think that's why a lot of players uh, were signing here. And then, uh, um, played the exhibition games. There was a loud, I think, 500 or 1,000 people. And then all of a sudden, the COVID cases kind of went up, and all of a sudden they're talking about, you know, there's going to be no season. So we're all sitting here kind of wondering what's going on. Like, hey, do we need to call the agent? Like, hey, do we need, need to try to find somewhere else to play? And then all of a sudden they allowed, uh, you know, they, the government and the, the league came to an agreement, and they're going to be allowed to play. And then so we're getting ready for ready for the season, and then you know a day before our first game, same kind of thing happened, and uh, you know you don't know if you're going to play or not, and then I think it was delayed, delayed a few days, and then they they came to another agreement, and they they let it, uh, you know let let the league start playing, and um, I think that's yeah that's been the biggest the biggest thing is kind of adjusting to the delays and then, you know, each team seems to have gotten COVID at some point. So then they quarantine. So the schedule's kind of been, been uh, mixed around a few times, but it's been, uh, I think right now, I think every team's had their quarantine for COVID and, you know, the last, uh, probably last month here, it's been pretty smooth and everything's going well. So yeah, right now the biggest thing is no fans, which is, you know, it's, it's weird. It's different. And it just looks weird too, just looking back at the NHL. But I guess as a player, it's just one of those all like, like that you were talking about things with the government and the teams and the leagues, mm-hmm. those distractions that you really can't do anything about, but kind of mm-hmm. have to park them and just play. Yeah, like you know, from a player's perspective, we're you know, I'm thinking like, okay, there's got to be you know, there's ten thousand seats, you know, lots of entrances. You think there's a way where you know maybe they could allow thirty, forty percent? Yeah. And, you know, that's obviously, I'm thinking that, but then when you're put yourself in the prime ministers uh, of Slovakia, you put yourself in his shoes and, you know, obviously his only concern, his first concern is, um, you know, the health of his, his people and uh, the country of Slovakia. So, you know, you definitely see both sides of it. And, um, you know, hopefully with the the new vaccine coming out, you know, hopefully uh, people take it and, um, you know, it gets back to somewhat normal. And because I know there's a lot of people that, you know, want to come to games and, you know, in Winnipeg miss going to Jets games and probably do anything to be able to go to a Jets game and uh, all that type of stuff. So hopefully, uh, you know, the future is looking pretty like there could be some, uh, some improvements here in the next uh, little while. So hopefully it continues in the right uh, direction. Yeah. And you seem to be doing a, a decent job with, with parking that with 17 points and 17 games. Uh, but just to to wrap it up here, uh, in the in the spirit of Christmas, what was your favorite Christmas memory? As you, uh, when you were a child, what, what comes to mind? Ooh. I don't or know. There's, or something like that. Yeah, there's a lot. Like I think um, at the time, obviously, you take it take it for granted. You know, spending time with your family, and then uh, once you get into pro sports, um, 
you know, we always play on the day after Christmas. So other people with their families can come watch hockey. And then since, uh, since I turned pro, I haven't been able to, uh, you know, have go home for Christmas. And uh, I think that's probably the, my best memories is, you know, going home, seeing your friends, hanging out with your family, going to the outdoor rink, you know, just kind of get back to, back to, uh, you know, the way things used to be. And, um, you know, there's, I, that's probably the, the one thing I miss the most is uh, being able to spend, spend Christmas at home with the family. And, and I just got to say, before we, before I let you go, I think my favorite Christmas memory of you is uh, when we were in your basement on Christmas Eve and you decided to put a, an eight ball through the wall. Cause you're <laughs> you taking that. Your brother Zach did that. <laughs> Trying to bounce it over. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did it once or twice too. So. <laughs> well, listen, Brennan, thanks for joining the show. Uh, Hope you and your family have a, a happy holidays and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Mac. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, that'll just about do it for episode 30 of Icebreaker. And I can't thank you guys enough, uh, AJ and I both, uh, for tuning in every week and uh, listening to us banter on. And uh, I know I've, I've enjoyed every conversation I've had with AJ and all our guests. I hope you guys have as well. I can't believe we're already at 30 episodes. 30. We've got a lot more. I think good things are going to happen in the new year. I think uh, by the time this podcast comes back, we're going to have the NHL to talk about, the NBA, the World Juniors, the football playoffs are going to be around. So a lot of cool uh, banter, like you said. And I predict we're going to nail a couple hot takes in 2021. That's going to be our New Year's resolution. Well, anyways, <laughs> wishing everybody a happy holidays. Stay safe, uh, healthy, and we look forward to talking to you in the new year.